Good morning. Welcome to Stories We Can Tell. I'm Jim McGinnis from the Back Porch. This episode was inspired by a friend who sent me a copy of Supreme Court Justice Robert Jackson's opinion in a 1943 case concerning the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, I've written on the flag and the pledge several times, but Justice Jackson's opinion really struck me. He said, If there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, it is that no official, high or petty, can prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or other matters of opinion, or force citizens to confess by word or act their faith therein. Thank you, Chaz, for sharing these great words and perhaps changing the way I see things. Now, this episode begins with wise words from another source, Jacob Needleman. Hope you enjoy it. We've been told to stand. The energy and optimism of the morning are in my breast. Muffled giggle, the anticipation of learning and expressing myself. I pledge allegiance. My hand is on my chest. For a long time, I did not understand what it meant by place your hand on your heart. What is my heart? I did not know. I only knew that standing there in the early morning with all the smells and sounds and emotions, with the clean sense of morning free from fear, at the moment I put my hand on my chest, I came into myself, Jacob Needleman. All sorts of people have objections to saying the Pledge of Allegiance, and predictably school boards steer clear of anything controversial. I ask my students to stand, although they have the option not to. In 30 years, I can only remember a few instances where they chose to sit. That, of course, is a story for another time. I am reminded by friends and scholars that there was a time when students could be punished for not saluting. This had to go to the Supreme Court, I think, in the 1940s. I'm not quite sure why the pledge causes such a stir. It's not binding. It doesn't hold you to something you don't want to be held to. The standing is more important than the saying. But again, I'm reminded that some people have religious obligations against taking oaths. Quakers, for instance. So for some, it is a big deal. Me, I've never been much for taking oaths or signing codes or pledges. Hell, if you have no loyalty, what good is taking an oath? Anyone can raise their right hand and say it. If you have no honor, what good does it serve to sign an honor code? People without honor would sign anything. The promise must come from within. But there's something about putting my hand over my heart. It reminds me of the spiritual nature of liberty. In its simplest form, a ritual is defined as an act in which one experiences the sacred. What could be a better way to start the day? Some of the uh, words and phrases in the pledge, to this day I'm not sure why they're in there. And maybe the word allegiance throws people off. I try to keep my focus on the flag. Some people dislike the addition of under God, which is not in the pledge as originally conceived. It came from the McCarthy era and was a reaction to fears of communism. 
And some people feel like pledging allegiance implies an endorsement to all government activities. But then there's that phrase for which it stands. Come jumps out at me. There it is, the American idea, individualism, equality. The pledge is first person, present tense. I tell my students that the time during the pledge is deeply personal. By standing and placing your hand over your heart in front of the flag, by embracing your own dignity and worth, you're, you're promising to respect yourself and hold yourself accountable. The pledge may mean something more, but it certainly isn't anything less. In West Virginia Board versus Barnett, a case brought by Jehovah's Witnesses whose religion prohibits giving oaths. The Supreme Court ruled in 1943 that compelling students to recite the pledge and salute the flag was unconstitutional. This case is made difficult, they say in the opinion, not because the principles of its decision are obscure, but because the flag involved is our own. Nevertheless, we apply the limitations of the Constitution with no fear that freedom to be intellectually and spiritually diverse or even contrary will disintegrate the social organization. To believe that patriotism will not flourish if patriotic ceremonies are voluntary and spontaneous instead of a compulsory routine is to make an unflattering estimate of the appeal of our institutions to free minds. We can have intellectual individualism and the rich cultural diversities that we owe to exceptional minds only at the price of occasional eccentricity and abnormal at attitudes. When they are so harmless to others or to the state as those we deal with here, the price is not so great. But freedom to differ is not limited to things that do not matter much. That would be a mere shadow of freedom. The test of its substance is the right to differ as to things that touch the heart of the existing order. If there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, it is that no official, high or petty, can prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or other matters of opinion or force citizens to confess by word or act their faith therein. If there are circumstances which permit an exception, they do not occur to us. That's some good stuff. The pledge to the flag is a reminder. When I see the flag, I see my father and grandfather. I see my friends and former students who lost their lives in service to our country and see my mother and sisters and Alice Paul and Billie Holiday. But I also see my children and grandchildren. You may see something different. Take from the pledge what you need. Those 20 seconds are for you. Next time, this is Stories We Can Tell, and I'm Jim McGinnis, wishing you fair winds.